Welcome to the New Point Community Church Podcast. This message is part of our series, Life is Complicated, We Can Help. We want to thank you for joining us, and we hope you continue to realize and reach your full potential in Jesus Christ. Hey, New Point, I want to welcome each and every one of you, those of you who are at our campuses, those of you who are joining us online and literally around the world. I want you to know that it's truly an honor for me to be able to share with you God's truth. And I want you to know again, and I never get tired of saying this, that I love you, but more importantly, God loves you. And whatever you are going through, whatever you are experiencing, I want you to know that God is aware of it and he is fighting for you. So welcome. Now, we've been looking at the fruit of the Spirit. We're calling it fruitful, and that God wants to develop fruit in your life and in my life. Because if you are a Christ follower, if you've come to a point of where you've placed your faith and trust in Jesus Christ as the forgiver of your sins and the leader of your life, there should be some fruit in your life and in my life that is demonstrating that we know him that he lives inside of us. And so we've been looking at the fruit of the Spirit, love and joy and peace and kindness. And today we're gonna look at, you ready for this? Patience, patience. Now I know sometimes you will let me know and you will say, Dwight, it was like you were at my house. It's like you're reading my mail and I tell you all the time, no, I'm just sharing with you what God is dealing with in my own life. And so today, is gonna be one of those days, okay? Because I'm gonna share with you what God has taught me, what he continually teaches me about this part of the fruit of the spirit, which is patience, because I wanna tell you right up front, okay? This is a whole lot easier to teach than it is to live. Now, for us to understand our purpose here on earth, we have to understand the nature of God. And the nature of God is that he's patient. You see, God's in the initial creation. He did not create fruit. What he did is he created a garden. He created the perfect environment for growth to happen. He created conditions so that the growth could happen. Matter of fact, that's what we do here at New Point. Our strategy is to create environments for our children and our students and for adults So that what happens is you can hear from God and you can grow and realize your full potential in him. And so you have to understand the nature of God. And understanding the nature of God is this, is that he creates environments, he creates conditions for growth. He did not create fruit, he created a garden. So that in that garden, fruit could be produced. Now, I'm not a scientist, but here's what I know. You cannot produce fruit over night. You can with weeds, but you can't with fruit. You see, weeds don't take anything. They just automatically pop up. And so what happens is if we're not careful, the weeds of life will choke out the fruit of the Spirit in your life and in my life. But God is patient with you. God is patient with me. And so what happens is he wants you and I to be able to exhibit the fruit of the Spirit. Now, would you agree with me that our society does not value patience? Absolutely. That's why we have road rage. That's why we have the anger issues that we have in our society today, because we become impatient. 
Some of us will remember life before the internet, the DSL and the Wi-Fi. How many of us remember connecting to the modem, to the internet in order just to get what? Email. And now what happens is if something happens, we want it quicker, we want it faster, we want it right now, right? We're not even happy with what we have right now, though it's much faster than what we've ever experienced before. I know at the Mason House, if you really want to have a family meeting, you just pull the plug on the internet (laughs) and everybody gets a little bit impatient. What's happened? And so what happens is it's the quickest, fastest way to have a family meeting at our house. And maybe that's true with you. So let me ask you a question. How patient are you? How patient are you? Again, I struggle with this. You see, the, the, the reason why I believe that most of us struggle with this is because we have a consumer mindset. We want it now. Or could I say it this way? We want it yesterday. You know, we have fast food, but we want it faster. And so we live in a culture of convenience. And so we don't put much value on patience, do we? We want it faster and faster and faster and faster. Yet if you'll go back to the ancient cultures, they value patience. They would say that if someone was impatient, they were shallow. They were lacking in thought. They were lacking in maturity. They were reckless because if you were impatient, you could lose opportunities. You could open yourself up to some dangerous situations. That's why in the book of of Proverbs, if you read there, they will say that patience is like a wall around a city. And if you had a wall around your city, it brought two things. It brought protection and it brought perspective. And really, that's what patience does for us. It brings perspective and it brings protection. You see, that wall around that city would keep the enemy away. And then you could have perspective in seeing and noticing the enemy far, far away. And so it brought that perspective and it brought that protection. And so that's why Proverbs would say that patience is like a wall around the city. You see, when the wall was down, it opens you up to many different things. It makes you vulnerable, not in a good way, but in a bad way. And so God wants to develop patience in me and in you. I love this quote. It says, patience strengthens the spirit, sweetens the temper, stifles anger, extinguishes envy, subdues pride, bridles the tongue, restrains the hand, and tramples on temptation. Wow. You see, patience is critical to our witness as a follower of Jesus Christ. Dad, mom, it's critical to how you relate to your kids. Because if we are constantly impatient with our kids, we convey that God is impatient with them as well, and we send the wrong message. And not only to our kids, but to our friends and to our coworkers and to those around us. You see, if you are a Christ follower, you are a representative of Jesus himself. And so you say, well, what is patience? Okay, it's a willingness to endure and face difficult people, yeah, difficult people and challenging situations, okay, without blowing up without getting frustrated, 
without striking out, okay? You see, what happens is when, when we are impatient, it diminishes persevering and being able to be steadfast. And so we end up complaining. We end up whining, if you will. And we end up misrepresenting God, all because of a lack of patience. You see, we see this all throughout Scripture, okay? That's, you say, Dwight, why do you believe the Bible? Well, because the Bible tells you the good, the bad, all of it. And so it tells us about Adam and Eve. And Adam and Eve learned why it was in their best interest not to eat the forbidden fruit, okay? But what happened was they became what? Impatient. They couldn't wait. And so they had to have it. They had to experience it. And it cost them dearly. We see that with Sarah and Abraham. God promised them a child. And yet what happened is they became impatient. And so Sarah said, go sleep with my maidservant, Hagar. Guess what? We're still dealing with it today in the Middle East. And then you have David. David saw Bathsheba. And guess what? Impatience always leads to instant gratification. And so he wanted to fulfill his lust, and he did. He wanted immediate satisfaction, and he did. And it cost him dearly. It cost him things with his family and his kids. And I could go on and on and on and on, because here's what I want you to know. Satan thrives in a man or a woman who is impatient because it makes you and I vulnerable to all kinds of things. And once patience is no longer a part of your life or a part of my life, what happens is it weakens every other value because we end up making poor choices. And with those poor choices come incredible consequences. That's why Proverbs, back to Proverbs, it says, it is better to be patient than powerful. Hello? It is better to win control over yourself than over whole cities. Wow. Now, how does this come about? Okay, two ways, okay? One is this, patience is developed through problems. Through problems, right? Absolutely. You got problems, I got problems. All God's children got problems. God uses problems. He uses trials. He uses difficulties to develop patience in our life because he knows that it's a virtue that will serve you and I very, 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 very well. That's why James writes it this way. He says, do not run from tests and hardships. Brothers and sisters, as difficult as they are, and they are, would you agree with me? You will ultimately find joy in them if you embrace them, wow, your faith will blossom under pressure and teach you the true patience as you endure. You see, here's what we need to realize, okay? God wants you and I to trust him in all things. He goes on to say this, and true patience brought on by endurance will equip you to complete the long journey of what? Of, of life and cross the finish line. Check this out. Here's the reward, mature, complete, and wanting nothing. And so what happens is God will allow you and I to experience problems, not to defeat you, not to discourage you, but to develop you and I so that we can become patient 
and we can be able to, to experience everything that God has, and we can represent him well in a world that is full of impatience. Here's another way in which patience is developed. It's through people, right? I mean, how many of us have lost patience with our kids? I have, or with our spouse, or with a coworker. I have. It's not good. It doesn't represent him very well. You see, patience is, is developed through people. Paul says this in 1 Thessalonians 5.14, we urge you or we beg you, brothers and sisters, warn those who are idle and disruptive, encourage the disheartened and help the weak. Be patient with what? Everyone. Be patient with everyone. He lists all these different types of people. He lists the lazy, the disruptive, the low energy. And you know what he says? Hey, Mason, be patient with all of them. Not some of them. Be patient with all of them. And patience is not just the ability to wait. Patience is how you and I act while we're waiting. You see, patience is not only a command from God, it's a gift. It's a fruit that he wants to develop in you and me. And so we're called to walk in his spirit. And when we walk in his spirit, when we yield to him, then what happens is he will develop patience in you and me. And the fruit of patience is vital in our world. And being patient is not just, you know, buying time. It's not just doing nothing. Patience is a deep faith, a deep confidence in God that he's in control, that he's great, that he's good, that he's generous, that he will not, listen to me, that he will not withhold any good thing from you and I so we can be patient. It's always believing that God has our best interests at hand. And so scripture tells us, okay, that patience is really ultimately trusting God trusting God and believing that he is at work. And so what's the roadmap? What's the roadmap, okay, to patience? Let me give it to you, okay? Here's the first one. Rely on God's spirit. Rely on God's spirit. Listen, listen, listen. You don't have what it takes to be patient. Because if you did, you would be patient. You see, patience isn't a matter of willpower. It's a matter of God power. Have you ever said this? I'm going to be patient even if it kills me. And it does. <laughs> okay, it does. You see, patience is not willpower. Patience is not saying, well, this really doesn't matter. Patience is not saying, oh, this is such a small issue. You know, it doesn't matter. No, what happens is patience is when you and I can deal with things and we're experiencing the peace of God. We're not wearing a mask. We're not pretending. We are at rest. We say, God, you know what? You're good. You're great. You're generous. You have my best interests at hand. I can trust you with this, even though it's not happening according to my timetable, my calendar. You see, it is God's patience, and it is the fruit of the Spirit if you have genuine inner peace. That's why you can't produce this I can't produce this. And so what happens is it says, God, I trust you that you're bigger than this problem. I trust you that, that, that you're greater than this person in my life. And I believe that you have the best. It's relying on God's spirit. 
It's, it's having faith in God that he wants the best. It's, it's having faith in God and saying, God, what do you want me to learn in this situation? What do you want me to learn from this person? It's relying on God's spirit. The psalmist writes it like this, trust in the Lord and do good. Seek your happiness in the Lord and he will give you your heart's what? Desire. Give yourself to the Lord. Trust in him and he will help you. Be patient and wait for the Lord to act. Goes on to say this, don't worry about those who prosper or those who succeed in their evil plans. Don't give in to worry. That's why we become impatient or anger because we think that it's not gonna happen. It only leads to what? Trouble. When I, when I get impatient, it leads to trouble, whether it's with my, my, my wife, Patty, or my kids, or a coworker, or a friend. It always leads to trouble. You see, God longs for you and I to trust him, that he has our best interest. It's an evidence of faith in him, believing that he is who he says he is and that he will do what he has promised to do. So rely on God's spirit. Here's the second one, and it's this. Realize God is always at work. Oh, my friend, listen, you, 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 you've, you've got to realize this. If, if the fruit of patience is going to be evident in your life, you see, listen, listen to me. God's timing is more important than time. Say what? God's timing is more important than time. You see, patience is not just resigning to what's happening and what's going on and suffering silently. No, 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 no. What happens is when we wait on God, we're realizing that he's, awesome, that he's powerful, that he's great, that he's sovereign, that he's in control. And so you realize that God is always at work. Listen, whatever you're struggling with today, I want to tell you God's at work. God's at work. Look at what James has to say. We think of those who stayed true to him, referring to God, as happy, even though they what? They suffered, okay? You have heard how long Job waited, patience, you have seen what the Lord did for him in the end, in the end. You see, listen, we must realize that God is always at work. When you plant a seed in the ground, it starts to germinate, but you don't see it. You take it by faith. You take it by faith. If, if what happens is if you come become impatient and you dig that seed up again, then what happens is you're, you're messing with the process of God. And so it is with you and me. You see, what happens is when you're waiting on God, he's at work. And you and I, just like Job, we are able to endure. We're able to put up with a lot if we know that God is at work that he's doing something, that he's not aloof, he's not indifferent, but that he's very, very aware. Look at this quote here. I, I, I love this quote here. Able to suffer without complaining when you realize that God is at work. To be misunderstood without explaining. Able to give without receiving. To be ignored without any grieving. Able to ask without commanding. Wow. To love despite misunderstanding, able to turn to the Lord for guarding, and able to wait for his own rewarding. Wow. So how do you and I 
cooperate with God? What's the roadmap for the fruit of the Spirit called patience in my life and in your life? Rely on God's Spirit. Realize that He's always at work. And then third, remember God's patience with you. Remember God's patience with you. You know, I I think of how patient God is with me. He doesn't get frustrated, doesn't get angry. He's patient. He's patient. And he wants me to be like him. Look at what Scripture tells us in Romans. Do you take the kindness of God for granted? Do you see his patience and tolerance as signs that he is a pushover when it comes to sin? How could you not know that his kindness is guiding our hearts to turn away from the distractions and the habitual sin to walk a new path? What's he saying here? He's saying that God is patient with you and I, even when we get it wrong, if you will, even when we sin even when we walk away in rebellion, even when we act selfish. He desires that none should perish. And so God's patient with you and God's patient with me. All of us can test to that, right? And he's perfect in all of his ways. And we're not even perfect in all of our ways, which should cause you and I to be more patient with other people because we need them to be patient with us. And so we need to be patient with one another. Would you agree with me? With our spouses, with our children, with our coworkers, even though they get it wrong, even though they sin, even though they may even rebel. You see, what happens is one of the ways in which we exhibit the fruit of the Spirit, which all comes from love, the fruit of the Spirit is love, is by being patient with one another. When we're patient with one another, we are exhibiting love, the love of God. You see, remember how patient God is with you. Wow. And when we do, guess what? Two things will happen. Number one, you'll adjust your expectations, okay? When I think how how patient God is with me, it, it causes me to readjust my expectation, because what happens is it's much easier for me to begin to adjust my expectations with other people when I realize how patient God is with me, because it would be hypocritical for me not to. You see, the psalmist says it like this, nothing is perfect except your words, talking about the word of God. So no one is perfect. I'm not perfect. You're not perfect. No one's perfect, and unrealistic expectations, okay, are associated with issues such as power, manipulation, and control. And so we, we might have some people in our life, okay, who, guess what? They are difficult. They are challenging. We might have some situations that are difficult and challenging, but what happens is we have to adjust our expectations. Because we don't know what they've been through. We don't know what they have experienced. And sometimes we don't understand their story. You see, listen, one of the things that destroys relationships is that of unrealistic expectation. 
expecting something from someone that, you know what, really, they just can't deliver. They can't deliver, maybe for multiple reasons, or they can't provide, maybe because of things that have happened to them that you're unaware of or that I'm unaware of. And if we're not careful, if we don't adjust our expectations, what happens is our frustration and our anger just continues to mount. And we end up acting in a way that's not Christ-like because our expectations are here and maybe the people in our life are here and they can't deliver it. Look at what Proverbs has to say. Whoever is patient has great understanding. And so before I go off on someone or go off about a situation, maybe I need to be able to understand the situation. And I know for me that many times when I find out what's really going on and I begin to have a different perspective, then my patience grows. So I have to understand that, yeah, there's difficult people in my life, but they weren't born that way, okay? Go hold a baby. They weren't born that way. They probably have had things happen in their life that has affected them. And that's why they are the way that they are. And I'm not trying to eliminate responsibility from them. We're all responsible for our behaviors and our attitudes and our actions. I want you to know that. But what happens is many times I have found out that a difficult person is a wounded person. God wants me to be patient with them because I'm representing him. Some of you have grown up in some very difficult situations and it's impacted you in an unbelievable way. And God knows and God understands and he's patient with you. You see, look at what Proverbs has to say here in Proverbs 19, 11. A man's wisdom gives him what? Patience. What's, what's wisdom? It's seeing things from God's perspective. It is to his glory to overlook an offense. And when I have observed patience in other people, you know what? They do that. They're problem solvers. They, they, they are patient and they are proactive in working on solutions instead of focusing on the problem. They don't complain. They don't whine. What happens is they take their energy, they take their thought process, and they put it on the problem. You see, patient people aren't surprised by problems. We live in a fallen world. You're going to have difficult people in your life. You're going to have difficult situations in your life. God wants to use those, as we've already learned, to be able to develop patience in you. You see, what happens is impatient people, when we run into difficult people or difficult situations, what happens is we're quick to complain. And complaining ends up wasting and burning valuable energy that could be used in solving a problem. And yet patience and persistent people understand, you know what, I'm going to focus my energy on solving the problem. And so needless to say, patient people have a competitive edge in life with those who are impatient. And so adjust your expectation and then choose to love. Just choose to love. Choose love. When you remember God's patience, choose to love. Look at what 1 Corinthians says. Love is what? Patience. And so if, I, if, if, if I'm patient with you, I'm expressing love. You see, it's, it's choosing to be patient with a person who might be difficult, who might be me uh, uh, I'm just having a bad day, and I'm choosing to love them, 
even when maybe they've wronged me, even when they've done something that has hurt me. What happens is I am patient with them, and by being patient with them, what happens is I love them. And, and patience doesn't look for a quick payoff, not when you love people. It sees the bigger picture. It focuses on the problem. Ephesians says it like this, be patient with each other, making what? Allowances for each other's faults because of your love you choose to love. I want to close with this. In Numbers, you read the story about Moses, and Moses is leading the, the, the people of Israel, and, and he's leading them towards the promised land. And what happens is God commands Moses to speak to the rock, and he becomes impatient. And so instead of speaking to the rock, guess what he does? He strikes the rock three times. And the reason, out of frustration, out of anger, because he was impatient. And what you have to understand is Moses was representing God. And Moses was given leadership and influence and a position to represent God to the people of Israel. And in his frustration, guess what? He lost his patience with people and he struck the rock. And this, mess, this misrepresented God to the people of Israel. And guess what? It cost him. It cost him dearly because he was not allowed to enter into the promised land. And I'm telling you, because I've known this from experience, when I've been impatient, it's cost me and it's cost me dearly. And God wants you and I to experience this fruit and represent him in a world and in a society and a culture that breathes, not patience, but being impatient. A world that's filled with fear and anger and worry. And he wants you and I to display patience. Look at what Peter has to say. He says, he says this in, in, in 2 Peter 3, 9, the Lord is not slow in keeping his promise as some understand slowness. Instead, he is patient with you not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to come to uh, repentance. This is who God is. This is who God is. And when you and I are filled with impatience, okay, guess what? Guess what? We're actually misrepresenting who God really is. You see, God's patient with me. God's patient with you. He wants us to be patient with other people. Would you pray with me? Just bow your heads right where you're at. And maybe today you've never experienced God in a deep personal way. And yet he's patient with you. Maybe today you want to be able to experience him and just say something like this. God, as much as I know how and as much as I understand, I invite you into my life. Thank you for being patient with me, even though I've turned my back on you, even though I've rejected you time and time again. Come and transform my heart. For others of us, you know what? We know him, but maybe we're not representing him very well because we're very impatient with those around us. Maybe today we need to say, God, help me to rely on your spirit. Help me to realize that you're always at work. Help me to remember how patient you have been with me. And so God, today, we love you. We thank you. 
we celebrate that you are a patient God. May you develop this fruit in our life as we represent you to a world that is full of fear and anger and worry that makes us impatient. And it's in Jesus' name we pray and give thanks. Amen. If you want to talk to someone about a decision you've made or let us know how God's moving through this series, visit newpoint.org forward slash contact. Be sure to stay connected with us throughout the week on social media, download our app, subscribe to our weekly podcasts through the App Store or Google Play, or catch us on Roku or Apple TV. Thanks for listening to today's message, and we hope you continue to realize and reach your full potential in Jesus Christ.